0: let's pray god you are great open our eyes to your greatness so that we can feel out of that truth lord calm us encourage us fill us with your hope based on who you are your greatness we love you in your name we pray amen well my name is mike mariner thank you for worshiping with us There are two ways to live. You can either live trusting God or you can live trusting yourself. Two ways to live. The way of trust, the way of pride. Pride manifests itself in self-reliance. The way of trust is relational. Uh, There is a God that we trust, we have needs, we have desires, and we entrust them to God. And we will not walk in the way of trust unless we believe that God is good to us. We're told in Hebrews that uh, you cannot please God unless you believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. You will not entrust yourself to God unless you believe that God loves you, that he is good toward you, that he bends his wisdom and his might on your behalf. My favorite uh, verse in the whole Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to uphold those whose hearts are completely his. I love that. Because it tells me that if, if my heart is completely his, if I am walking fully in the, the way of trust, then God is looking out for me to uphold me. That's the way of trust. That's what God wants for all people. It is the absolutely the best way to live. It's a pressures off way to live. God, you love me You are wiser than I am. You are stronger than I am. And so I am entrusting myself to you. You will take care of my needs. You will satisfy my desires. That's the way to live. Now there is another way to live. And unfortunately so many people are living there. And it's the way of pride. It's self-reliance. Now in the way of trust. Who is at the center? At the center is God. And and I'm on the outside looking into God to meet my needs. And I'm brother and sister with others. God is central and everything I relate to is not central. Okay? But in the, in the way of pride, I'm center. And everyone and everything orbits me, even God. God is just one more instrument that I seek to play as I uh, make the music of my life. I'm the conductor. And uh, people and things and even God, they're just instruments that I'm playing to uh, bring about the the song uh, that I want. And so I'm at the center. When when you are living uh, the way of pride you are at the center and uh, everyone and everything else is a tool, ultimately even God. And so you, you cannot help but relate to other people uh, apart from manipulating them. You can have a real relationship with them, but at the end of the day, uh, they are there to, to serve your purposes and, and, and you will manipulate them or try to. And the way of, the, the way of pride, is exhausting, uh, and it always puts us in unhealthy relationships, uh, even with ourselves, because we're not meant to rely upon ourselves. We're not meant to seek our own glory in other people. Uh, we we cannot help but overly depend on them, or try to manipulate them, and even God. We won't have the right relationship with God. We'll try to uh, we'll try to manipulate God and get him to give us what we want, but we're at the center. Now it is, so these are the two ways to live, right? You can live uh, the way of trust, or you can live the way of pride. And you are on one of those paths. You're living one of those two ways. Now it is especially grievous to God when the people who bear his name are not living the way of trust, but are living the way of pride. This is especially grievous Because God, uh, it robs God of glory because it harms his people whom he loves and because it ruins our witness. The people who bear the name of God are to be modeling a different way of living, the way of faith. Uh, and, And the world is to watch and say, hey, there's a different way to live. But when the people of God are just living like everybody else then it ruins our witness it hurts us and it robs God of glory and that is especially grievous to God and he will act to stop it and that's what we see in our Bible story today. Uh, We are studying Isaiah and today we're looking at Isaiah chapter 2 and we will be uh, studying looking at verses 6 through 22 so uh, grab your Bible if you would and and open up to Isaiah chapter 2 verse 6. What we, what we see here is that uh, <clears throat> the people, uh, the Jewish people in Isaiah's day, the people of God, those who bear his name, uh, they are unfortunately uh, walking the way of pride, not trust. And, and so God is going to act to break them out of this bad habit. So I begin reading in verse 6. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob. That was strong. God has rejected his people. Why? Because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines. And they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold and there's no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses and there's no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the works of their hands and, and what, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Or another way to say that is don't, don't allow this to continue, God. Put an end to this. So your life is filled with something. The land of Israel is filled with something. The problem is it's filled with the wrong something. Your life and my life is filled with something. Is it filled with stuff that reflects trust in God or is it filled with stuff that reflects trust in ourselves? Pride. So what is the land of Israel full of? They are full of things from the east uh, and that's philosophy from the East, from the Babylonians, from the Assyrians, uh, pagan wisdom. The people of God are supposed to have biblically-based thinking, and instead they have absorbed the thinking of the the pagan nations around them. They're full of things from the East and of fortune-tellers like the Philistines. Fortune-tellers, horoscopes, sorcery and they strike hands with the children of foreigners and God's people were meant to be uh, set apart and living distinctly so that the other nations of the world would look at them and see a different way to live a way to live in trust of God but they had given that up they wanted to be uh, they didn't want to be viewed as different and maybe backwaterish Uh, They wanted to be cosmopolitan. They wanted to be like everyone else. And so they have adopted the world view and the value system of the pagan nations around them. They have become syncretistic and assimilated. And this is not good. This is not good. Verse 7, their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. The Jews in Isaiah's day are wealthy. And there's nothing wrong with wealth unless you're trusting in it rather than trusting in God. And that's what they're doing. And we know that because uh, one of the kings of Judah during the time of of Isaiah uh, tried to buy security by hiring the Assyrian king to send an army up against his enemies in Syria and uh, Damascus, or um, Samaria, not trusting God, trusting in what the security money could buy. Their land is filled with horses. There's no end to their chariots, so they are trusting in their military might. Now, God, had, in Deuteronomy, had specifically forbidden the mass accumulation of horses. In other words, I don't want you to have a big military because then you'll trust in your military rather than trusting in me, and that's exactly where they are. Verse 8, their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their own hands, to what their own fingers have made. What is the appeal of idolatry? The appeal of idolatry is that I'm still in control. You see, idols can be manipulated. Idolatry views the gods, which we know are not real gods, as part of the created world with needs, and because they have needs, we can meet those needs and get from them what we want, and so they can be manipulated. Do they want worship? Do they want sacrifice? Do they want ritual? We'll give the gods what they want, and the gods will turn around and give us what we want. Uh, fertile land, victory over our enemies, etc. But who's in control? I'm in control. And so I'm going to accumulate wealth and I'm going to accumulate power and I'm going to manipulate people and I'm going to manipulate the gods and I am in charge of my life. I'm in the center and I am pulling the strings and I am uh, conducting the orchestra of my life. Then the way of trust in which you say, God, I put Into your hands. My life. And I'm going to trust you to meet my needs. Give me this day. This day our daily bread. And I'm going to let you satisfy my desires. You know what I need. I entrust myself to you. So, So the land is full. land of Israel. The land of God's people. It's full but it's full of the wrong stuff. What is your life full of? What is your life full of? Is it full of stuff that reflects a heart that is trusting God or is it full of stuff that reflects you trying to be in control of your own life? Well, God cannot allow his people to continue like this. It's not good for them and it's not good for the world to which they are to be witnesses. And so he is going to act to break their pride. Verse 10. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord, and from the splendor of his majesty the haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. There is coming a day, Isaiah says, when God will humble human pride. Now for the Jews, that came first in the exile. In 722, the king of Assyria came and he wiped out the 10 northern tribes and uh, and took them all off into exile. And then in 586, the Babylonian king came and destroyed the two southern tribes and took them away into exile. But there is another greater day coming when Jesus returns in which all humans, living and dead, will be judged. Verse 12, For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. What are you lifting up in competition with God? What you have lifted up, what I have lifted up, what I am Worshipping what I am trusting in, what I am glorying in, if it is not God, it will someday come crashing down under the judgment of God. And I will suffer loss. And what if that is me? What if what I have lifted up is myself? It will come crashing down at that great day of judgment and I will suffer loss. We do not want that against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. In that great day of judgment, human pride, all that we have gloried in, will be leveled. And all that will remain is the glory of God. I don't want you to suffer loss. God does not want you to suffer loss. That is why he gives warning. So that you won't suffer loss. So what do you do? Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God," says Peter, "And in due season He will lift you up." First Peter chapter five verse six. So humble yourself. You can humble yourself now. How do you do that? Well, acknowledge what it is that you have been lifting up. Maybe you have been lifting up your intellect. I'm so smart. I'm smarter than all these Christians. Uh, they, they're just uh, you know, superstitious people, they're weak people. They need a the crutch of religion, I don't need that. I can take care of myself. Maybe you're lifting up uh, your education or your good family. I've got a great marriage. Uh, maybe you're saying I've got great kids or your business success, I'm wealthy, I've got uh, power. People rely on me. I'm always successful. I've got a green thumb, the Midas touch. There's no end to things that we humans will take pride in. Well, it that will all come crashing down. So level it now. Knock down now what you've been lifting up so that it doesn't get knocked down when the Lord returns. And so how do you do that? Well, you say, uh, God... I acknowledge that I have been lifting that up and I repent of that. Number two, you say, God, everything that I have in life that is good comes from you. And so praise you for it. Apart from you, I wouldn't have even breath in my lungs. You entrust to me even life itself. And then thirdly, you thank the Lord. You praise him. How can you be proud when you're, at the, when you're truly from your heart saying, God, thank you. I praise you, Lord, for this good thing in my life. It comes from you, and I worship you for it. And that's how you level what has been lifted up. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and then he will induce due season, lift you up. <clears throat> well, on the day of judgment, idols will be shown to be worthless. And people won't want to have anything else to do with them. Verse 18 we read, And the idols shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. In that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship to the moles and to the bats to enter the caves of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs from before the terror of the lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth on that day of judgment uh, that God will be raining down terror upon wickedness and people are going to throw away their idols why because they're going to they're going to recognize the idols that I've been worshiping and trusting in are completely worthless to help me against God and I think also they're going to toss them away because they realize these idols are bringing down the judgment of God I, I want to run from them I want to flee from them I want to say two things number one you will fear the Lord someday. Everyone on the planet will someday fear the Lord. But we have an opportunity to fear the Lord today by faith. If we become God-fearers now by faith because we trust His Word and we acknowledge His sovereignty over our lives, then we won't have to fear on that great day of judgment. So we can choose to fear the Lord now by faith so that we don't have to fear the Lord then by suffering. And secondly, someday you will seek to find refuge from the wrath of God. And so in that day there will be people trying to climb under rocks and hide in caves from the terror of the Lord from that day of judgment. But there is a much better place that you can flee to now. You will flee from the wrath of God someday. But you can flee today to Jesus. If you flee today to Jesus, then you won't need to flee on the day of judgment. Because Jesus Christ on the cross will have paid the penalty for your sins. The wrath of God which rests upon you because of your sin will be satisfied. And on that day when Christ returns, he will be welcoming you, not judging you. So you will flee before the Lord. It's wrath, but you can flee today to Jesus. Here's the concluding remark, the summarizing point. Verse 22. Here's Isaiah summarizing what he's been saying. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath. For of what account is he? Stop regarding people. Stop thinking highly of humans. They they are temporal. They're going to die. They're not significant. Stop lifting people up. Stop trusting people. Stop trusting in yourself. Who are you? You're here, what, a hundred years and then you're gone. Stop regarding man. Who should you regard instead? You want to worship someone? You want to trust someone? You want to praise someone? You want to be enthralled with someone? Be enthralled with God, the creator. The one who holds you in his hand. And the one who loves you. He loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. 2 Peter, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 5 through 7. Peter summarizes uh, much more succinctly than I, as Isaiah, the essence of what Isaiah is saying. Let me read it. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Number one, God opposes the proud. You don't want to be proud. You want to be humble, why? Because God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore. You have a choice. You can be proud or you can be humble. You can today humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. This is you saying God is sovereign. God is all powerful. I am not God and I choose to humble myself under God's mighty hand, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And that's amazing, it's amazing that God wants to and ultimately will uh, exalt the follower of Jesus Christ and lift us up, and that comes out of his good heart. And then here's a very, this here now he talks about the way of trust, casting all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. So what is the uh, act of humility and the evidence of humility? It's entrusting ourselves to God, casting on our anxieties on him because he cares for us, saying, God, I am, I am entrusting my life to you, and I'm trusting you to meet my needs and satisfy my desires. Um, I am needy, but God, I give that up to you. And that is a humble way to live, the way of trust. And when we do that, do you think God's going to let us down? No. God is in so much better equipped to take care of you than you are to take care of you. So let's be humble people. Let's choose the way of trust and reject the way of pride. Let's pray. <clears throat> So, right now, where, uh, wherever you are, are you trusting God? Answer that question. To what degree are you entrusting yourself to God? Have you jumped off the cliff and into His arms fully? Or are you relating to God like you relate to everything else with you at the center, you in charge, and you're just trying to get what you need from God and from other people, what you need that you think you need in order to have a good life? God will not play that game. And he knows that that's not good for you. So right now, I just encourage you in your own heart just say to the lord i reject my pride i turn away from it lord and i turn to you in trust i'm going to entrust myself to you and that's that's a choice i'm making today and i'm going that's the way i want to live i want to live the way of trust in jesus name we pray amen